Hey, Marie. Hey, Karen. how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You sound crystal clear. Oh, really? Yes. I think because I, I couldn't find my headset and I'm on speaker and I have it to my mouth. <laughs> oh, okay. It sounds different. <laughs> so maybe this is the way to do it. Maybe so. We'll see after we after I publish how, how you sound. Okay. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Is it raining down there? It looks like it was raining, but it's not raining now. So I went out earlier this morning and it was raining, but it stopped. Okay. Yeah, I think it's drizzling here. So the end of February, can you believe it? I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it was just like we were just looking at January 1st, right? Yes. Yes. This time is just flying by. So we're getting ready to for- you know, in the business terms, uh, almost the uh, almost the end of the first quarter. <laughs> yes, yes, and it's coming. And your birthday is coming up. Yes, next Sunday I'll be the big sixty-five. So. Oh wow! Yes, thank you, God. Hope I make it, and I don't claim anything till we get there. Now you never know what days host, but I'm claiming sixty-five. Wow! Thinking, wow! I can remember when I was six, <laughs> seven. Yes. 20 yes but 65 is that coveted age i mean in my book i'm trying to get to 62 and 65 my um all the part i think i'm a, i have to plan h or something we were talking about it. my friends and i were having dinner and all of us are turning 65 and we were talking about what medicare plan we were getting so <laughs> well girl that's a whole lot to know about medicare Yes, it's a lot of meetings and a lot of phone calls and a lot of appointments with insurance brokers. So, yeah, so I think I finally settled on a plan, plan H, whatever that means. <laughs> I don't know about a plan H. You know, plan A is for hospital. You yeah, plan, the plan. H, I think it's, it's, it's like um, your dental, your vision, um, hospital, doctor's office. Something else is in there. Maybe gym membership. I mean, everything is included in H, A, B, C, and D? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Is that new? I think so. I don't, you know, I've been to so many meetings. I just went with the best plan for my area. Also, they go by zip code. Um, different zip codes have different plans. I mean, you know, plans that fits better for your zip code. Okay. Like the doctors you can go to, the hospitals you can go to, uh, if it's a PPO or HB, HMO or so all that mess. So, I mean, but that's, that's a, a real, I mean, I guess the thing that, Diane, though, that I learned about Medicare that blew my mind was mm-hmm. that there's no cap on out of pocket. So you know how like when you have insurance, like I have health insurance through my job, mm-hmm. there's a cap on the amount you're going to spend each year, whether that's mm-hmm. 10000 20000 whatever it is. But with Medicare, there's no cap. So you could be out of pocket a lot of money. And I think that's the thing that people don't get. And don't, they don't tell people that part. Oh, yeah, because if you don't have all the parts and the right parts, you have to pay. You only get 80% of your hospital taken care of. Uh, through Medicare. And so if your bill is a million dollars, only 80% is covered. So you owe the other 200000 Right. And, and you <laughs> owe it all. I mean, meaning that, you know, like with, with 
you know, commercial insurance, if that bill is $80,000, your cap may be 10. You pay 10, the insurance mm-hmm. company pays the rest. Right. You, a, yeah. Flip it around for Medicare. Um, right, right. I mean, so that yeah. to me is like no good. <laughs> you know, I mean, that could bankrupt older people. Well, you know, you can, you can, um, well, you know, I was going to say something, but we are on clock said because we're free that um, you don't have, you can, you can fight and not, and just prolong it. You know, it's like they do us. They think you're going to die before you, before they pay you insurance for on a, on a, or a lawsuit. You can pay $10 a month. You oh, know what I mean, I see what you're saying. Uh-huh. Or you can uh, keep appealing it, um, you know. But um, but at the end of the day, then the, the people that you you hope to have left something to you won't leave it to them unless you have a um a, you know an attorney to um you know they've worked all that out for you all yeah yeah you know you have an estate's attorney uh, like Karen you know she was on the line and tell you how to work around all of that stuff and put it in a trust and so it goes to the person you're you're that you're trusting your future to, you know, your financial future to. So, um, you know, the person you're leaving it to, you're leaving your trust to, or you set up a trust for them. So, um, you know, people like Karen and estates attorneys and, uh, you know, will attorneys, those people who do that type of work, all the law attorneys, they help you with that part. So, um, but yeah, I think that our healthcare system um, I think um, when the last administration was in, they was trying to overturn everything, but it's very complex and they were very right. low information people that ran that administration. So there's no way they could really change it. They could hurt people, but they really couldn't change a lot because it, it really is a high level, you know, insurance is such a, um, you know, people major in insurance, you know, it's, just, it's such a complex and convoluted type of thing. And it's really about making money, getting, it's still that, uh, what you call it, uh, plantation prosperity, economics. You get more in than you put out. And, and see, that's what I'm thinking, Diane, and that's why I'm, I'm studying it, is mm-hmm. because it can't be that complex because people know it, mm-hmm. right? So, and as I'm studying it, they try to make it complex, mm-hmm. and where, yes, you have to study it to understand it, mm-hmm. but how many are going to do that but i'm thinking in my mind this is the thing that can can derail all of your plans mm-hmm. is not having the proper insurance if you get sick mm-hmm. this could derail all your plans for the last 30 years of working so in my mind that's what i'm thinking this, this is a good use of my time to truly try to understand this yeah uh, i remember um when i was a pharmaceutical rep and i was in the hospital and um, I was I was working in the hospital that particular day, and I got on the elevator, and this man got on the middle older guy, probably my age now, and I probably was in my thirties, thirties or probably thirties, and he said, um, you know, speaking cordial, hey, how are you doing? Good evening. And so he started crying, and I said, oh my goodness. And so he said, the, you know, the reason I'm so sorry, the reason I'm crying because. Our insurance expires, and my niece, my wife needs so many more rounds of chemo, and I think she needed ten thousand dollars or something. They had exhausted insurance, exhausted their, um, you know, a lot of their savings, and I was like, wow. From then on, I never asked people in the hospital how they're doing because, you know, 
most people you don't know yeah. when people are leaving. It's not like you're on the bus or you in a grocery store. You don't know in a hospital. You don't know if people just left their daughter or child or wife or son or daughter in a yes. very critical condition. But I remember that day because I was young. You don't think anything will happen to you, but when mm-hmm. you get old, you know things will happen to you. That's you know, we're not gonna. You know, we're going to decay. <laughs> you know, I know people don't like to talk like that, but um, we're not here to stay. And so something will take you from this earth, you know, accident, disease, or just old age. But you're not going to be able to live here forever. And so I've learned not to, like, talk to people, uh, personal stuff on the, on the, in the hospital, unless I'm ready for that type of, um, you know, feedback not yet fine a wonderful great no he wasn't great (laughs) just the normal yes (laughs) so he needed money he needed ten thousand dollars so i was like wow so i you know we forget the insurance it's a business and they once you reach a limit they cut you off Mm -hmm. that's right Mm mm-hmm so, so let's talk about something good. <laughs> it's the end of Black History Month. A couple of people from John Bland speaking to us last week. A couple of people text me, and so I'm like, they almost thought he was like a Black History moment. Like I never heard of him. <laughs> you know, I was thinking he's not in your history books. <laughs> I said, no, you never heard. I'm used to go to church with me. So, <laughs> twenty years ago. <laughs> I mean, you know, Diane, um, and I'm so glad that, you know, we're talking about, you know, just, you know, what we thought about listening and talking with Mr. Bland, Mm -hmm. because the way I felt as I was listening to him after I got off, you know, the podcast was it was almost like my life would not have been complete had not I heard his story. Wow. It's like there's something somewhere, a string that was pulled that said, one day you're going to hear this man who's in his 90s story and he's going to tell it so succinctly and with great memory. And, you know, with all these experiences, I mean, I just, I was just in awe. I really was. I don't know how you felt. I mean, you you know, why you were thinking? I was thinking triumphantly and morbidly at the same time and triumphantly is because if we make it to 90 and some 60 year old or 50 year old women call us to be on their podcast or on their whatever it's going to be in the future, they would probably be in awe of what God has allowed us to see and do too. That's true. But what it made me really realized is that like you think you've gone through a lot I think I've gone through a lot Mm -hmm. and yes we have Mm -hmm. but when you listen to his story you know if you keep living you're going to go through even more (laughs) you know yes yes because one thing he talked about um well one of my friends called me she said you know uh, she was calling me about something else. She said, Don, I started listening to your podcast. I was calling you about something we were doing in business. And she said, so his mother left. His mother took, he didn't stay with his mother. He went to Baltimore with his father. I said, mm-hmm. that's what he said. And so she said, I was trying to think, 
how did they do that and how did that work out for him? I said, yeah, he still did all right. Because I haven't finished mm-hmm. listening for him. But when he said that, it kind of made me stop and thinking, wow. So his family got separated. And I said, yes. But remember, he told them, even the Holy Spirit told him at nine years old, he was very hurt by it, that he was going to be okay. Right. But when he said it, as he was saying it, it was almost like it was strategic that they made a strategic decision, you know, that the girls should stay with the mother, mm-hmm. the you know, daughter should stay with the mother and the son should go with the father. And then there was one thing he said about the father that, you know, I wrote it down. That he said his father allowed alcohol and his job to get in the way of his marriage. He allowed it. Did you remember that? I remember that. He allowed. He said my father allowed alcohol and his job to get in the way of his marriage. You know that was a. I mean, so to me, he had some key choice words that you know had to be very. He was very insightful to know that. He allowed it. You know, it didn't have to be that way, but he allowed it to be that way. That we have choices we can make. And his father allowed alcohol mm-hmm. to take the place of his marriage, his job to take the place of his marriage, take it away. Mm. Like what are we it made me think, what are we allowing to happen that we that it just kind of happens, but we could stop it if we just recognize what the loss could be if we continue down that path. Wow. How many things that we allow to happen? Yeah, open the door for to come on in and sit down and, as the Bible says, to sup with us. And we sup with them. And we allow that to happen. Right. Where maybe there was another option, but you know what? This was one one of the paths, and you allowed that path to take its course. (laughs) Well, you know, I think that um, John was on another call with me recently, and um, and I remember I was telling them when we, I was talking about my book when we got to the book of Proverbs and we always used to do like a commentary or whoever, I think he was the facilitator of our Bible study back in the day and um, him or the pastor, but sometimes he did. And when we got to the book of Proverbs, he said that it was Solomon with teaching his son or pre- preparing his son for life and it was teachable moments. And so in those teachable moments, when you know that you have allowed something or someone or something to come into your space, you can also uninvite them. That's what I think you're saying. He's saying, and uninvite that. Yes. Do not allow yeah. here. Right. Mm. That's maturity. You know, I was telling people that one thing about this country and about the people in this country that we got to grow up, you know, we got to put away our childish ways. And when a man becomes a man or a woman, you put away your childish ways. And we like being toddlers. And one of my friends said embryos. (laughs) 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 She said, we're not even made of the toddler. Some people just a plain old embryo. Just... (laughs) Not even born yet, and then they die. <laughs> you know what, though, Diane? But we we were talking to someone who, I mean, when you listen to what he said about, you know, when he was twelve years old, 
and you know, in the Baptist church with his father, and his father would he would sometimes be teaching at twelve. <laughs> you know, so this is who we were talking to. Somebody who at twelve <laughs> was teaching wow. in the Bible Bible school. You know. And and also somewhere along the line, I can't remember this was at twelve or not, but he was talking about where his focus was on edifying the saints through the elders Mm. and I think he was getting to the fact of you know female elders versus male elders but he was but that was one of the things he was studying about is you know what is the role of the elders Mm -hmm. in the church you know and I think he was talking about the biblical elders from the new testament Mm -hmm. you know Paul and that type of thing I thought that was interesting that that was his kind of focus and about he, he was kind of trying to get his head around that concept of the elders in the church. And I say that only, only because I can remember the church I used to go to, the Church of Christ, that was a big thing. Who could be an elder? Only men. Men of all the things from the New Testament. You know, they can, you know, take care of their family, have their family under control. and Be women, that type of thing. I thought it was interesting. Mm. Well, when I was listening to I thought about when he was telling, saying that, I remember one of the things you kept saying that you wanted our uh, on plunk on it, you know, on this podcast. And so when I when I was re, when I reconnected with him, and I was thinking, that's what we need is to hear mm-hmm. from our elders. And so when he started talking at that, um, the last time I reconnected with our reunion on Zoom, then I was thinking, okay, so this is a man that was a part of my maturation that I just took for granted that I'm set in his midst, uh, every, mm. you know, every Wednesday, no, every Tuesday for 15 years in Bible study. And I, mm. oh, so he made me understand when people say, Oh, Don, you know about the Bible or, you know, uh, oh, I didn't know how you know that. <laughs> and I was thinking he was one of the people that helped me know. He gave me those teachable moments. He helped me know that. Mm-hmm. And so you shown the light. Yeah, and then I was in a church that with their intention was to make uh, black folks uh, biblically literate, which to me that's powerful. Mm-hmm. That God would choose me, you know, um, in my life to put me in a place where that was the, you know, like the mission statement. You know, one of the missions or the objectives is to make us biblically literate. Um, to make us understand who truly God is through this God's word. And so I said, thank you, God, for, you know, putting me on that path. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Because some people can sit in church for 50 years and, you know, not know the Bible, you know. Yes. Not really know the Bible. I remember I should go to this mega church in Baltimore. You had to get there early to uh, get in church. And so, um, and so I got there early and I sat down beside this young lady and she might have been between 30, 25 and 35. And so she was, she had a Bible out. She had the program out and she touched me and she, I said, yes, how you doing? She said, fine. Cause she said, could you ask a question for me? I said, yeah, I'm looking, she said, I'm looking at the scripture that we're going to read. I'm trying to make sure I find it and kind of read through it before the service start. And so she said, is St. Mark the same as Mark? Oh, wow. And I was thinking, Wow. So I was thinking she needs to go to Bible study. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but you know what? I I hear that, and I hear that with such incense 
inquisitiveness, somebody who wasn't afraid to ask that question of you, mm-hmm. thankfully, right? Because she could have just not asked it wow, of anybody, yes. but she did. And, so, you know, so that's how I kind of, when, when you said that, that's what I think. Yeah, we can feel like, you know, wow, can't believe she didn't know that. Or at least she knows, knows it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. And because I might have been there, you know, uh, and now I know that they're the same. And so I had, you have to start somewhere. I think that's because right. we are, uh, this, I think you're thinking like an adult educator. Because one thing about an adult person who trained to be an adult, we start, you start at the lowest and you move up. You don't start at the highest and hope people get it, you know? Right. And so um, that's, con- that's education and that's educating others. Um, so, yeah. So I was glad that he talked about being a child Sunday school teacher, a Bible study teacher. And then I was thinking, so if he did it, it can be done with other children can teach children. You know, maybe that's something that I'm going to start praying about that children get on fire or get want to have a, a, you know, a big knowledge. They have a knowledge for being on YouTube and doing all the other stuff they, you know, TikTok. But just thinking they got a, a fire or a burning to learn about God and his words by reading the Bible. I guess I see that, but I also see that we, you know, someone and I heard someone and had the opportunity to listen to someone who absolutely has been touched by something special. Amen. That's the way I looked at him um, and just listening to him. I did. And and, and 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 the fact that like I said, when he picked up when he was what, nine years old from the Holy Spirit <laughs> that everything was gonna be okay. And then that kind of was a thread that ran through his life, through his with his jobs and his career and his marriage. And now, even now, in his nineties, you know. I just think he's, you know. We we talk to someone very, very uniquely unique and special when it comes to knowledge of the Bible and the Holy Spirit and being able to tap into that. Wow. Yes. You know, um, people don't really talk about the Holy Spirit that much. So when he was talking about it, I was trying to kind of a little bit wrap my mind around it. I know he's talking about. I know what he's talking about, but people don't talk about, they talk about God, they talk about mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. they talk about, you know, Muhammad, or they talk about feeling something, but, you know, something that's holy and also spiritual, you know, that's unblemished or beautiful or kind, or, you know, the fruits of the spirit, long suffering, um, and a part of you. And you, not only a part of you, it's almost like, Asking people what their Wi-Fi password is, you have you have logged on into it. You know, you know it. Right, it's in you. It's in you. It's in you. And you're operating from that. It's, that's that's your password. That's your login. You know, that's what you talk about. You know, right? It's in you. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of that movie, Diane. Where uh, it's a book too. It is. It's where this man loses his daughter. And I think she ends up dying. The shit, the shack. Oh yeah, the shack. And I think about that. What you know? In my mind, I think about those 
images of God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, right? And it's like, so of all that, he picked up the Holy Spirit, <laughs> this thing that's so elusive, the thing that's the wind, mm. you know, the thing that you really have to dig, dig, dig in the Bible to really figure out what it is, right? But he picked it up because he experienced it at nine, right? So, and I think that might have something to do with the man that he became and that he is and that he could so effortlessly in my mind, tell his story, tell his story with such specificity, with such detail and dates. I was just sitting back thinking, I wonder how many other people can do that. <laughs> Not me. But <laughs> I can't remember what happened last week. Unless I write it down and go back and keep a calendar of what's happening. <laughs> I mean, that takes something special to be able to do that with such detail. It's almost like I was sitting back listening to, listening to like at around a campfire and somebody you know, telling us a story. Or some movie where they do like a, a, a you know, they start the movie, then they start a, a narration to, to do tell you how they got there. You know? <laughs> yes. 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 You know, then I thought, I thought like you, like, I thought about um, Plunk, um, Peggy, all these people that have their stories too. Mm -hmm. That, how do we hear their stories? Mm -hmm. How do we, is this the avenue for that? The, the medium for that. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever whatever they say, that's their story. That's their story. You know, just think your father died with his story. My mother died with her. My father died with theirs. You, you know, unless you intentionally, you know, write it down. I know one of my friends, um, when I finished my book and gave it to her and she read it and she called me back, she said, Diane? I said, yes. I'm so glad you wrote your story. I said, yeah. Me too, finally. So she said, it's, I said, it's not all my story, but I wrote the book. She said, well, now your mind is on a shelf. Mm -hmm. So people can read this and know how your mind works. And I was thinking, wow, my mind is on a shelf somewhere, on someone's shelf. So, yeah, so now we have, well, his daughter, uh, in, his daughter on Facebook, I think I sent it, a text to you. She thanked me for this, thanked us for uh, allowing this to happen for her father, you know, because now they have this oral history of him that they can go back. They could play at his um his funeral, you know, his memorial service for the, you know his great grandchildren could play this. This is our grandfather. Just think now they have a living library, a digital library of their grand one his great his grandchildren's great grandchildren. They can go back and listen to this. And, you know, I, and I wonder if they already knew these things, because he seems like the type of man who they would know these things. Yeah. His children would know these things. Yes, I think so. You know, I think so. But I think that his great, great granddaughter, his granddaughter or great granddaughter or his great, great granddaughter who's unborn would know it. And so can you imagine right. if we could go back and listen to Narcissus Holness or Hampton Holness or, um, you know, uh, our nail wholeness, which our grandmother, we don't even have a picture of. Um, or or mm. one day you could play it for your granddaughter. You know, like, you, this is your grandmother. This is your great-grandmother. She was born in 1882. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, as you're saying that, I'm thinking that, you know, here we're sitting here 
And, and when you're in the moment, you're alive, you're alive, you're in the moment, you're in your life. It's just what it is. It's the moment. But you're right. 50 years, 100 years from now, will be like, wow, that's the way it was. <laughs> oh, they actually lived through the pandemic of 2020. <laughs> they were, you know, they were a part of it, you know, um, they actually lived through, they saw, you know, they, oh, she lived in Washington, D.C., so she, she lived, you know, she knew about what happened on January the 6th. And so, mm-hmm. uh-huh, so um, I think that sometimes when you are in something, you think that's it, That's, but it's not finite, it's infinity. You know, uh, the people who wrote the Bible, I'm sure they probably say, you know, it's like the describers and said this day we got to do Paul stuff so you know you know get at your you know table and and do Mm -hmm. but they didn't know that people would be reading Paul's letters to the Ephesians and have a class on it or have a test on it or preach it or write a whole you know you can go to the library and read up everything that Paul has written uh, about the Ephesians um, or you can Google it and all the texts that come up towards it, or all the sermons that have been preached on it. And so sometimes when you're in something, you might miss it. You know, that it's important. It's important that we, that he came back into my space so he could have been on the podcast. Exactly. Absolutely. Oh, it's important also that we uh, started it. You know what I mean? Just... Yeah, exactly, and and continue. Yeah, and, con- right? and continue. Yes, 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 yes. Because it's um, you know, we don't know. You know, people, we somebody might be using this for a class in a uh, hundred years from now, thirty years from now. You're right. This is just like when when he was talking about seeing those iron lung patients. Wow. Yes. I mean, it was just. <laughs> It was like, okay, so you've seen this before. You've seen this before. You know, this is not your, it's not one, we knew it wasn't the first time a pandemic or something, you know, like these type of things have happened. Polio, but to hear somebody speak it was different to me. Someone who just, you know, knew a personal experience of seeing things like that before. Mm-hmm. And also, too, he said it, it, you know, now they said that people that are, most effective of black people and brown people but he said everybody in those belongs were white people and so he's seeing that it's not it's not about race or anything it's really about a disease or a virus that affects people's health in a country and that's all right you know that's all don't make it political don't make it racial just make it a disease has come a, a virus or a disease has come upon us and we need to get a cure or we need to protect ourselves that's all it is and right. and so that's what I heard too. Is uh, also I heard that when he was talking, I have a you probably have it too on your left arm. I think it's a it's a scar or a mark, and that's what we were vaccinated against something. I forgot it was a polio or yeah, all of those all those childhood diseases. Yeah, diphtheria, a bunch of you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chicken pox, measles, yes. mumps. Yes, yes. We, yes. It was, you remember kids used to get chicken pox and mumps and get sick and have high fever. Some kids would get sicker than others. And so I was thinking when he was thinking that, I have too. You know, I have a big thing on my arm where I was, I remember they said, line you up at school and and have that machine. Of, you walk up there and the lady with the white, you know, little nurse would 
stick that thing, you hold up your little sleeve and they punch you in your arm. <laughs> Next. Yeah, I said, yep, I remember. I had to go look at my, my vaccination. It's almost faded. Yes. So we've lived through it too. And, and, and one thing I was said in our Sunday school class today, the one thing um, we're reading this book and I was telling them the one thing about they were talking about what we can do to do something revolutionary because nothing really is working. And I was telling them that one of the things that um, we got to, Americans are more interested in being comfortable. But to really truly be, we talked about being a badass Christian. This name of the book is being a badass Christian. To really, to really be a badass Christian, we're not really reared in this country anymore to be badass Christians. We're reared in this country to be comfortable, you know, to live comfortable, having the best mattress, to drive the most efficient car with all the gadgets in there, you know, the butt warmers and, you know, everybody got a different seat with different temperatures and we're reared to be, eat the food that you would, we even have food called comfort food. (laughs) We're not reared to be bad as Christians or bad as revolutionaries or bad as for the Holy Spirit. We're reared to be comfortable, but that's not the way to change the world and to make the world a better place because to being comfortable and having the creature comforts. And, um, you know, I was talking to my cousins and we were talking about Texas and, she, and I was telling, you know, I said, remember your husband said he didn't want your, your son living in Texas because people down there, they just Everything, they, it's so much money from the oil and gas that they just think things are going to happen. And she said, Diane, the simple things, when the pipes, when they knew it was cold outside, they didn't go out and wrap up the pipes or cut the water off. They let the water come through their homes and break through the walls. And I was thinking, so she said, what type of an adult would know that the temperature is going to change to freezing and keep the water supply going in their homes? to where it breaks through the and I was thinking wow (laughs) you know you forget about just simple grown up that's why I said we got to grow up grown up stuff you can do to protect yourself even though the the government hasn't protected you protect yourself I'm kind of of the opinion that um, either you're going to grow up or you're not and we're in a, a, a time right now where if you choose not to grow up you're going to regret that because creature comforts are going to be gone, 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 gone. I mean, one by one by one. And so it is just a matter of either you can, you know, be badass because that's what you're going to have to be or not. Yeah. I was just reading and the, um, right before I went to bed, every, I, I tried to read, at least once a week or two or three times a week, something about the environment. Because I got introduced to that space about seven or eight years ago. And I didn't realize we was in such trouble, but just terrible trouble. The last, what I read last night is that the, the National Science Association, some science group, was concerned that the ocean is kind of not moving. It's, it's, it's slowed down tremendously. And because it's so, the weather is so warm, you know, the weather patterns in, this, in the atmosphere causes the oceans to move. But because it's so, it's almost like overeating and then you're just sitting, and, you know, so you just stagnant. And so mm-hmm. they say, so with the, with the ocean not 
I forgot how much it stopped moving per percent, but it's very significant. The Atlantic Ocean is not moving as much. With that's happening, that's going to affect extreme weather. They said, like, um, you know, big tides and um, uh, hurricanes and cold weather, you know, like what Texas had, like, are just because we need the movement of the oceans to keep climate uh, um, sustainable. It's another word they use, um, homostasis or something like that. Mm-hmm. But because this, because we have so much pollution from the automobiles and from coal and um, other things, pollutants we put in for all this, you know, from all the um, carbon monoxide, the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean is becoming very stagnant. Is that current information? Current if, you know, if you Google it, it was, I read it last night on uh, one of those science magazines, one of those science magazines. And it says, so, so our climate problems are not going to get better. They're going to become very extreme like we saw in Texas. And, I, you know, I think you know, people don't want to believe that. And, and so when you don't believe it, you don't prepare for that. And you just keep wanting to have the creature conference and go back to quote unquote normal. But I think until people understand that maybe there's going to be no more normal, a new normal. And that's just that. And, you know, people are not going to be prepared for what you're talking about or anything else that's coming. Yeah, I think I, I'm trying to think of what does cognitive dissonance mean. I heard this psychologist who's also a climatologist speak. And she's kind of saying what you're saying, that it's easy to keep resorting back to you know, Texas would never have 10 degree weather for four or five straight days and it would never snow again. That was just a fluke. So mm-hmm. that's just like, we still ain't gonna fix the plants and rent-a-wise our, well, I mean, our gas system or our, our electrical grids because that's not gonna happen again. But the scientists are saying it's gonna keep happening and it's gonna happen more intensely and it's gonna happen more often. And so... If it happens in the next five years, instead of waiting 10 years, it happened 10 years ago. If it happened five years, then those, those zeros of four and a half years, we think we're good. But that fifth year, it could be catastrophic. And so why can't, so I think that, so it's just easy to, I think cognitive dissonance, which is like separating yourself from the truth. Right. <laughs> I can look it up for you, but it's something like yes, that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So she was, she was speaking on trying to get um, the, um, and then there's one, I went to a, a, a thing on um, women and sustainability. That's, she spoke. And then this other woman spoke. She was from the Pentagon. And she said that climate change is affecting our national security. And she, and she explained, I hear people say that all the time, but she, you know, they were all, you know, people who, that's their job. That's what they do. So she said, um, the reason it's affecting national security, I forgot what storm it was, Michael or something in Florida, it affected an Air Force base. And about 30 or 40 of their flight jets were either uh, moved or crushed from the winds or or they were border damaged, the motors. And so that particular base, Air Force base, protects a part of the world for the, for the United States. Because the fighter jets and the places where the soldiers stood up and the, the records were destroyed because of the hurricane and the water damage, uh, they wouldn't have been ready if something would have happened that that 
that particular base was responsible for that particular territory. And so she said every time a base or um, a military base is affected by climate change, it decreases our chances to protect our country and other countries that we, we are our allies because we're not ready because we just lost 20 or 30 of our, our jets, our fuel system, you know. And so she said, every time all these things happen, they not just happen to residents, they're happening to military facilities also. Oh, okay. Okay, so I see the connection there then. Mm-hmm. So everybody who got up to speak, they talked about climate change. And this, I told you the first one, we talked about the psychological effect this cognitive dissonance we're having. <laughs> and then this other lady talked about, and then one lady talked about food and one lady was Native American and she talked about, uh, in some Native American areas, uh, especially like in Alaska and some island and coastal places, you know, you live on the coast too. Because of climate change, they've lost like 60% of their land mass. And so, right, you know, this happened in Norfolk. That's true. And so, when they lose their land mass, you know, your house might have been on that land, mm-hmm. or um, and your or your business, you know, you might have fixed cars or whatever. And so, they have to keep moving inland. And if they've lost sixty percent already, and they trying to live on forty percent, and then when it rains or floods or have a high tide. You know, that little that part is some of that is even underwater, you know, under three or four feet of water every day, you know, because you have tides every day. And so there she was saying that it also affects their water supply. And so she's saying that they are having to uh, have climate dislocation. They need to find a place to go live because they have run out of place on the island to live on a lot of islands in in, um, Alaska. And I was thinking, wow. And that's that's what, you know, Norfolk always is talking about, um, you know, the the effect of the climate on the fact that they're so at so low, it's they're at sea level right now. So they're always trying to, you know, make sense of what, what do they do? What do they do next? Um, I looked up cognitive dissonance and it is used to describe the mental discomfort that results from holding two conflicting beliefs, values, or attitudes. Mm. So you believe two two things that are opposing, and it just makes your brain hurt. You just can't deal with it. Yeah. So we have climate change, and I'm living in Norfolk or in the near the water or anywhere in the United States, and so it might, or even in Texas, this might happen to me again. But it's not going to happen to me again because this only happens mm-hmm. every ten years, and. It's not going to happen again because something's good is going to happen where we don't have to worry about it. Right. That's a good example. Exactly. That's a good example. So that's why I said we got to grow up because that's embryo type thinking that, you know, if it walks like a duck and speaks like a duck, it's going to be a duck, you know. (laughs) Yep. It is a duck. So you can believe, because it might look like a duck. It might be an animated duck, but no, baby, that's the real thing. We just... <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of the way I feel, Diane, about the vaccine and COVID and school opening. And I'm thinking, am I going 
going crazy. <laughs> I mean, is COVID still a thing? Why are people acting like it's not and that the vaccine is the panacea and not a lot of people have been vaccinated? You know, what is going on? Why is it such a rush to open everything back up? What is the rush? I think the rush is is the cognitive dissonance. We don't want to believe because uh, what's it? Bill Gates, where people hate him for being the messenger. We don't want to believe that this can. First of all, that this has happened to us for one whole year. That's kind of hard to believe that this has happened. We've lost five hundred thousand people, and and Dr. Fauci says seven hundred thousand people get infected every day. I mean, are coming to the, you know, a positive coming up positive every seven hundred thousand are coming new cases every day. And so if we go on at this level, there's no way that the that education system can work anymore because there's too many cracks and kids have fallen behind. Even kids who are good students now, they don't care. But so they and then kids have committed suicide and teachers and uh, they're paying people who are not working. So, you know, that's one thing America can't stand. You know, they think that, you know, they have to have that their toe on you to feel like you're working. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it absolutely is something about that one year mark where it is like, we cannot go into year two like yes. this. Like, oh my goodness, one whole year of this is just enough. No, yes. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, okay. <laughs> Grow up. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's, 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 that's what I say. I just think we're very, I think this country is very immature. You know, you know, you have, you're immature when in the middle of a pandemic, you have a football game. Right. You mean the Super Bowl? Super Bowl. That's immaturity. God. <laughs> it, this, is how, this is what it sounds like to me. Just think about our parents. If, if everybody that you just get to go to a football game and and everybody had got this bad cold and coughing, it's our parents would say barking. You're gonna come over here barking, making all that noise, and I gotta be all night worried about you. Okay, so you come to them and say, Dad, I wanna go to the football game, uh, you know, down at Pembroke. And you was like, Everybody over there heard everybody over there got a cold, and people over there sick. And you say, I just wanna go. You keep begging, and guess what? They might say, Just go on. But if you come back and hear mm-hmm. barking and sick, don't think I'm going to have anything to do with it because then I got to be worried about it. But go ahead. If you think that's what you want to do, go ahead and do that. So to me, the parents are immature. The country, the leadership is immature. And guess what? We're immature too. Because why would you have to have a football game in the middle of a pandemic? Did it help people's morale? I don't think so. You know, it made money. You know, I think they was worried about how people felt. We don't need a football game to feel better. I hope not. We're adults. <laughs> I don't know about that, Diane. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I'm not talking about the embryos. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just, in my mind, I just want to see what April looks like. Because I don't know what March doesn't seem like it's going to look as rosy as everyone thinks. Well, that's what so, uh, that's Dr. So, Fauci said. So, kind of insinuating. He didn't say it. He was insinuating. So, you know, when April 1 
comes. I want to know. I'll, I'll be real interested in what we, what we're talking about because I'm not seeing what everybody else is seeing as though we can start cranking things back up again at all. Well, I think this is our. Um, I know I was talking to our cousin Boo the other day, and she said, "Oh, Donna, you know, I was sitting here thinking I haven't had a cold or anything this week." This year, even though I've gone through chemotherapy and all this stuff to, for this breast cancer, I haven't had any problems. And I said, boo, you've been wearing a mask all year. <laughs> so None of us has really had a lot of, I haven't even, caught, we've been wearing a mask. And, mm-hmm. and, and washing our hands and being very, you know, walking around with hand sanitizer. So that's what kind of kept away a lot of the common cold is. Oh yeah, and the flu, the fact that the flu's yes. down. Right. You've been wearing a mask, you social distance, you're not going to eat out that much, you're not going to store you're not just dealing you if you come in contact with a person, you have on a mask. And I know honestly that I just don't see a problem here. I mean it's like keep going, people. I mean, keep that up until things are really better. Not don't fool well, yourself. You know, you've been to uh, Asia. That's people walking around with masks. You're, you know, for the last probably, I bet they've been, I bet they've been had on masks 10 years over there since SARS or something. I bet you when they, I bet it's wearing a mask is a part, it's like we are now. When you go out the house, oh, I forgot my mask. Oh, you keep a couple in your purse. So, or you keep a couple in your car. So I think that, yeah, yeah I think that wearing a mask is going to be part of our ensemble. You know, just and get used in my head I'm like just get used to it just get used to it that's all you do is get used to it until you don't have to if there's a point that that comes right now we're not there no, we're yet, far people. from it and then you know I tell people in DC um we don't have the yellow school buses so when a kid goes to school they get a, a metro pass that that you know they wear around their neck and they can use it to go any on any public transportation so that means they're all on the train with all of us and on the buses. And mm-hmm. so, therefore, they might not get sick. They might just be carriers. Yes, right. They may not have any symptoms. Yes. And so now we got, once you let everything back open, you know, we have all these children with adults, you know, and even some adults with underlying <laughs> conditions. So that's the thing that I said, that's the scary part to me that, um, you know, because we're a city that kind of runs by public transportation, you know, especially our school system. So when you open up everything, it's going to be. And then and this the other factor to throw in, because we are an international city, somebody might from China or way in the world can come and fly into National Airport, get on the blue or orange, blue or yellow line and come into the city. And you could be sitting beside them not knowing they came from. Wuhan, China, whatever, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I, I keep thinking about this and I think about, you know, when they, I don't know, it was about a month ago when they said they found memos from the Trump administration where they were just like, hey, let's just make sure everybody gets it. If everybody gets it, then, you know, great, we're done. It feels like that to me. It's like, oh, just I open it you. all back up. If you get it, you get it. If you survive, you survive. If you die, you die. But we got to stop this thing. If the more we stay with in our homes and with our masks, the longer this thing is going to take to, you know, to, to work itself out. Just open back up and just let let the chips fall away. That's how I feel that somebody's made that decision because our economy doesn't run on it. 
not shopping and buying and going and doing and mm-hmm. working. Right. 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 Exactly. We need to just get back to normal so that we can, you know, we have our economy back the way it was and let's just, hey, whatever happens, happens. You know, we're just prolonging the inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just speed it up. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. So I'll, I'll be interested to see, like I said, over the course of, of March when everything opens back up, but, uh, what it one, looks like. It continues down this path. That, okay, so remember John talked about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So what did the Holy Spirit learn in the that year? How did the Holy Spirit, not just the Holy Spirit that's within us, but the Holy Spirit that maintained this this universe? What did we? What did the Holy Spirit have to teach us in this thing? So if we haven't learned that lesson, if you haven't, you have to repeat. Mm-mm. I mean, and, and then it's too, to me, what it is, is it's just one year of pain mm. for everybody. But for those of us who have been through decades <laughs> of pain, one year doesn't yeah. seem like a whole lot, right? <laughs> so to me, it is, did you not understand that this was a year of reprieve and that year two may be even worse than year one, and you should have been preparing in year one for what may have come, what may come that may be worse. That's how I feel. It's like people think it's going to get better, but you need to, in your head, think it's not and prepare for it not getting better. Well, I think that we already know that January the 6th showed us that it's not better. You know, we had a resurrection at the National Capitol of the United States of America. We, so we know climate, racial climate, and the us as a divided nation. We know that, you know, 2020 didn't cure that. It's not over. You know, we have, we have a lot of viruses, you know. And so that didn't work. And so whatever we thought that was going to work, you know, changing presidents, it didn't work. <laughs> it's you know what that and and you talked about you talked about the holy spirit what the holy spirit is is here and taught us over that year did you see how they rolled out a golden pass yes so if you know your bible you know what that means right just like when Moses came down from the mountain and there was that golden calf, we just rolled out our golden calf. What happened after that? That's right. So let's, let, you want to be a Bible scholar? <laughs> Go back to the Old Testament because everything repeats itself. So that's why I say get ready. We ain't seen nothing yet. Just Well, get the people told you that the oceans ready. ain't moving. <laughs> right. The ocean exactly. slows down. And you so, know when anything slows down, it's stagnant and it started stinking. You don't want the ocean to slow down. You don't want settling just water. All this we are seventy percent water, so you don't want seventy percent water even in your own body to sit. That's why they keep telling you to drink water. Keep flushing that old water out. Um, keep 
yes. that old water mm-hmm. moving and through your the new water flowing through your you know your joints and your organs and your tissues and your cells. So think about your own body. If water started just if you never used the bathroom again, you just got urine sitting in your bladder. Yep. So Mother Earth is telling yeah, us something, she said, right? I'm not, I'm not even moving anymore because y'all do too much. So, and not doing enough to the right thing. And so, I know when it happened, uh, one of, a, a couple of months ago, one of my friends called me. I just thought she was calling. It was early in the morning. I wasn't really up. I was laying down, but I was awake. And she called me. And she said, Diane? I said, yes. You're the first person I called because I need prayer. And I said, okay, what's going on? She said, my sister is in Houston, Texas. You know my sister? I said, yes. And she said, it's 17 degrees there. She has two more um, hours in our oxygen. And she's been calling the oxygen people Mm. back. She's not getting an answer. The heat in the house doesn't work. Mm. And her daughter left for a weekend with her husband and left her there with the teenage children. And I can't get anybody to on the line to help her with this two more hours and plus it's cold in there she has sickle cell and she missed it and it's freezing and it's freezing in wow. the house. and i was when i so i google it i've been to houston that's one of the hottest places i've ever been i was thinking 17 degrees and maybe she's upset maybe she's making she's making a she's not does she know what she's talking about when i saw it i think when i looked at it, it was 11 i was like oh my goodness Oh my mm-hmm. goodness! And so what I was thinking, what is going on? That is seventeen degrees in Houston, Texas. You know, um, and so mm-hmm. like you're saying, we keep hoping that with the two conflicting, conflicting information, cognitive dissonance. I just told yes. you the water ain't moving. <laughs> Right. I'm gonna go look that up. I am gonna go research that. It's That's interesting. Down. It's, it's not not that it's not moving. It's mm-hmm. slowing down significantly. Where the the people who study uh, climato- climatologists and oceanographers are very concerned that it's going to really be in a, a major effect mm-hmm. on our climate. It's very strange, and so. But mm-hmm. we keep, you know, we're still on Amazon buying stuff. So you know. You better buy some of that food that lasts for a year. I I bought me some. I bought me some. These you have to get you some. It's these headbands that go around your head, and they are like little uh, um, flashlights. Uh, Oh yes, I remember you telling me that. The lights go out. I just put these around. I usually sometimes I go outside at night to put the trash out. You know, because you don't have to hold the flashlight. And then if you're in the house and the lights, I just put this on your head, and you. That's a good idea. So, yeah, I got my radio that cranks up. Well, you can use it by batteries. I got the, um, I bought a whole uh, survivor pack. If something happened, I just grabbed this backpack and put it on my back. It's food in there. It's lights. It's light bulbs. It's tape. It's it's a little uh, thing to put on top of you to keep you warm. Um, You know, I think it's, uh, if the matches get wet, it's this type of thing you can click together, start a fire. You can make fire. See, so you use that year to prepare, right? And hopefully you never have to use any of that, but I have it. you have it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, because um, it's something, something can happen. We saw the richest, most energy rich state in the nation lose power. They make, I yes, remember being yeah. in Texas 
in Houston, Texas, a few years ago, and I was waiting in the lobby for the um, the um, what's it called the thing that picks you up, the little service to pick you up and take you to the airport, and uh, the shuttle, mm-hmm, so shuttle. The shuttle to take us to the airport. And so um, I was sitting in the lobby for a long time because it was late, and um, it was all these men on their phones talking about making oil and gas deals in Africa. Iraq, Iran, Saudi. And so mm-hmm. I was thinking, I know, I was thinking, wow, you know, this is another, this is another part of America that you don't think about that these people, they make oil and gas deals all that's their, that's what they do for work. And they, and they were even mm-hmm. on the phone on the shuttle because it's one of those shuttle services that take a whole lot of people. They was on the phone. I could hear that conversation talking about gas lines and pipes and deals and and I said, so this is an oil-rich, gas-rich, energy-driven state that blocked. They so rich. They said we're not going to use y'all's grid. We got our own grid. Look what they do. Their arrogance. Yes. Look what happened. What happened? That's what can happen, Marie. The most money mm-hmm. and arrogance won't even save you. And natural his reason. It's his stuff. So <laughs> it's God's stuff. Right. They can say yes, the gas line the oil. God said, okay, so you got down here. You think you own down here, but I got up top. Let me get ready to change this, drop this temperature right quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mess up all your plans, even the vaccine plans. I can do that. Okay, bullet doing this. Watch me. A few degrees. <laughs> Yes. yes. You think you, you you think you got you know you think you run stuff. I still run stuff. You could not do nothing about it. You could not stop the snow from coming down. You know, like 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 my mama used to say, you can't run God's <laughs> program. And your mama always to say, God's time is a good time. <laughs> <laughs> God's time. Is a- Did no, your, your mother say that? that those your mother- I mean, did your mother say oh, things course. like that, though? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Gosh. Well, then, um, okay. I have somewhere I have to be at five. That's why I needed to start early today. And I don't think I can do this on the, you know, driving. I probably it. could. We're finished. <laughs> but it was great, you know talking today and this is episode wow. 20 wow so we will talk next week and it will be your birthday okay. episode oh, oh, what about okay. if right you want to talk going to talk about alopecia uh, I'm a oh okay still available uh, yeah we're going to talk okay. about alopecia then I was thinking if you had to go through it and now she went through it so um, is fifty percent of Black women experience alopecia in this America? Okay, this was this is a uh, this is even uh-huh, without chemo. chemo. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds right, like girl, a plan. I'll talk to you uh, next week. God bless you. Have a great week. Okay. You bye-bye. too. Bye.